Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnt out? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Welcome to today's Control the Chaos Conversations. We were just on a live event um, a few months ago, and we had so much fun. I think we were scheduled for like 20 minutes, and it went on for what, an hour, Tara? (laughs) That's not about right. (laughs) Uh, When you have awesome hosts, what can you expect? And now we get to have the awesome host join us on Control the Chaos. Um, Please, please, Stephanie, introduce yourself to our listeners um, because really I I want them to hear your voice because you mesmerize me when you talk. (laughs) Okay. Well, first you got to hear the cackle. That's what my husband called (laughs) the cackle. And you also get to hear the Midwestern, the the Cleveland accent, uh, which is very nasally. And I'm a little congested, so it's going to be accentuated. I apologize for that. Um, What a great introduction for your audience. Yeah, I'm Stephanie DeMichael. I work for Edpuzzle. I am a community engagement coordinator, which means... My job is to help build community and evangelize what we have to offer and make teachers, and like you guys, our job is to make teachers' lives easier and students' lives more fun. So that's what I get to do. And yeah, so you guys were on last month on my show, um, our Edpuzzle live events, which we hold every month. Um, And they're not necessarily about like, hey, how to use Edpuzzle. We just want to feature great educators with great messages and great ideas that teachers would be able to use in their classroom um, immediately. So nothing like that's major. You got to spend a lot of time learning it. Just come on our show. Talk to us. Tell us your idea spread your word, spread your message. And, you know, again, just we're all trying to make it a better environment, right? We're trying to all control the chaos and make things better for everybody. 100%. And it was so much fun too. Like there was was no pressure, like no script. I'm not, I'm a completely unscripted person. I fly by the seat of my pants often. Um, I just probably shouldn't say that out loud, but I do. (laughs) Um, And Stephanie, when I the other Stephanie and I, when we present, um, we actually never plan a presentation. Um, So you never really know what's coming next. And it was so much fun to be on your live show because you guys were the same. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it was awesome. Yeah, it was one of our better shows. It really was. You guys were on there. You had such I mean, it's, it's like a sponge. Our audience is just so hungry for great ideas. Um, You know, I said, I kind of said, going along with control the chaos, what I said during pandemic teaching was, you know what, let's not look at this as educational chaos. Let's look at this as an educational renaissance. Let's look at ways to like start moving forward. Um, And I think there are a lot of educators out there who are doing it, but there are also a lot of overwhelmed teachers who just need that the the little messages that we're all will and and those great solid ideas and things that we're all willing to share. So instead of sitting through a three hour PD, you know, you can listen to the podcast. You can come out and you know and, and register for a live an Ed Puzzle live event and get some great ideas and have a little fun while doing it too. 
Yeah, that event was fun. And so if you haven't seen the Edpuzzle live events, make sure you check them out. Um, they're once or twice a month. We do them once a month, okay. but we're also adding um, a second event like to dig deeper. Usually we're doing Twitter spaces and uh, we're going to test out Instagram live this year. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out. If you awesome. do have an Edpuzzle account, um, and you should be getting a newsletter in your email notifying you of what's going on. And so just real quick, let's kind of recap what we talked about during that event. And we're going to have the link to that actual show uh, in the speaker notes. So if you're like, I want to go back and rewatch that, um, feel free because it was a fun session. Now, I think I was in labor kind of. So okay. I swear, <laughs> I was, I swear. <laughs> I swear I rewatched it again and I'm like, oh, there she is. She's having a labor pain right <laughs> now. There she is. Uh, because less than 24 hours, I ended up having Eli. So um, hey. yeah, you might see some of that as well. But and prior to starting, <laughs> you even said, as long as you get through this show, you can have the baby right after. Yeah, I did. I did. And I did it. You know, Eli, although, although well. how cool would it have been? It would have been a first, you know, to see. <laughs> See a little labor on air. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we increased well, our, we our views. We hopped on to Ed Puzzle and we were talking about executive functioning. And to be honest, when I first started teaching um, special education, I was into the model of flipped learning and using video to kind of help students where they were able to watch um, me teaching or another teacher teaching a concept at home and then they could come in and then we would work on um, the skill that they learned. So I was able to use more of the class time going over that skill and practicing and giving feedback rather than like that direct instruction piece. And so Edpuzzle um, really grabbed my attention right away when I started teaching in the classroom. And what I kind of learned is just different ways that executive functioning as well with video and that SEL piece of how that freed me up as a teacher um, really came into play. But during this session, we talk about different executive functioning skills that our students need to be successful. And then we also kind of talked about different resources um, when it came to using those executive functioning. Yeah. And, and just quickly to go back to what you were saying, I, we talk about what we can continue to give to students. But I think one of the biggest gifts we can give to teachers is ways to make their workflow easier. And so that whole concept of, and I did that too. I, I, I will tell you, I, I, my children, my two sons were grade school and entering high school level when I was in the classroom. And I would spend all day repeating instructions to my students and then go home and have to deal with those two dum-dums and repeating instructions. And by the end of the day, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to drink bleach. I cannot do this anymore. I cannot. And it was as simple as just cloning myself. I read a pod, I saw a podcast or listened to a podcast or I, I read an article, something said, stop repeating directions. You know, um, Oprah said, we teach people how to treat us. So if you're that teacher who is constantly, your students are like, oh, I don't need to read the directions. I can, my teacher's going to answer it for me. I can just go to her. Hello, and yes. right? Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, I'm teaching these kiddos that I will always be there to answer their questions. So yeah, that was one of the first things I did in my classroom to make things better for me is I would start recording myself 
going, you know, explaining the directions, explaining the concept, explaining what the expectations for the lesson. And not only was it good for that, you know, they'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Check out the video. Um, it was great for the kids who are absent or kids who got pulled from the classroom. It was just, or for kiddos who just simply, you know, for executive functioning, couldn't process auditory. You know, they could actually go back to a video and rewatch. So that was like being able to clone myself with directions on a video was like a major game changer. And you're like speaking my language too when you were talking about like, you were just giving them the directions because they kept asking, right? Like that is, that's reinforcing the behavior. If right. like a kid that doesn't answer their hand and calls out the answer and you accept the answer, they're going to continue to call out the answer and not raise their hand because right. you're answering them. So you were doing the same thing with instructions, right? You right. were, you were, they were asking, so you were giving, and right. so that's the environment and the culture and the behavior that you created. And then by cloning that piece, then you started prompting them. So they started to learn to go towards more independent way of finding the directions versus continuing. So you, and I know that this is our behavior ed tech, right? You were shaping the behavior without even realizing you were shaping the behavior by using ed puzzle to create those videos and, and have those video directions, you were using an Ed Puzzle to control the chaos. Oh, Tara, and let me be very clear. At first, it wasn't about my students. I'm going to be, it was all about me. It was all about me maintaining my sanity. That's entirely what it was. You're you're so altruistic. You're like, oh, look what you were doing for everybody. How can I you know, oh, no, the ulterior motive is just, oh, my, please, Lord, please let me not snap today. That was. <laughs> that I'm going to have to start making videos for my three-year-old. Yeah, right. And then be like, oh, just rewatch it. And what I love about Ed Puzzle is it actually tells you if the kids went back and rewatched it. Or if oh, they didn't yeah. even watch it at all. And so I just remember so many conversations when I was teaching and a kid would have a question and I would look at their video and I'm like, you didn't even watch the video. Like, how can you even ask me a question when you haven't even seen what the video says or you haven't even rewatched it? Right. But I just love that piece where I'm able to quickly go in, see how many times did they watch it? Did they watch that section so many times or, okay, maybe I did make that confusing because they really did watch it three times or yeah. whatever I needed to do for that next step. And I get it. I get the data is a four letter word for a lot of teachers. I really <laughs> understand that. You know, my, my colleague, Sarah calls it the stoplight data. So you go into the dashboard and you can see red, yellow, green, you know, cause it'll auto grade for some things for you, like the multiple choice. Um, and that's nice cause it's a time saver, but it is also boom. You are not spending all of this time having to sift through and, and guess what students, you know, are, are having trouble with. And if, if you have a group of students who have to rewatch a video or a chunk of that video again and again and again, that is a clear sign to you. Eh, you know what, either I need to do targeted intervention with a group of students, um, or I need to reteach this whole concept to all of them. So yeah, we call it the stoplight data. And for those of you who are Ed Puzzle users, you know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, it just, again, another tool to make it easier on teachers 
and again, puts student to be more altruistic with tar- like what Tara was saying. <laughs> Look at, we've got these students who are, you know, engaged and taking authority of their learning and self-paced and on their own pathway. So I think it's, it's a win-win. But that piece right there that you just said about like the stoplight data and that it's all right there for them, how many teachers get overwhelmed and like, I'm going home on a Friday night. I'm not drinking a glass of wine. I'm drinking a bottle of wine because I've been doing this all week. Right. Like I know that there's teachers out there. We're, we're, you know, we're teachers, we're not saints and we do that. Um, But it like thinking about that, that's just such a great tool to help teachers and take something off of their plate if yeah. they're using that. It yeah. is like data. We talk about coaches like doing some observations in class and like how to, where do we know to go with our coaching cycle? Well, if we have if we have some data, this this data that said 14 kids in the class rewatch the directions twice, then we know yeah. our direction giving probably sucked and we need to go back and figure out how to re-give those directions because they watched that video. Exactly. And again, not everyone is going to be reflective. That's okay. Not everybody is. Not everyone is, is as self-aware as the three of us, of course. Um, but yeah, it's that time to say, okay, what, what did I, what could I have done better? And how can I reteach this? Or do I need to pivot? Um, and redo this. So yeah, I think that's, that's a great way to look at it too. It's the whole process of uh, teachers are learners. I think we're lifelong. We all, we all, almost everyone's, every educator I know almost has lifelong learner in their Twitter bio. So yeah, we're all learning how to do better. Um, and if you're not learning how to do better, then yeah, you're not moving forward. Yeah, and that's, I didn't mean to be all judge Judy on somebody. If, if you're not reflecting, that's okay. God love you. You have enough to do. Um, and I think too, another strategy when it comes to a lot of the executive functioning is breaking up or chunking up tasks, right? Because so many times, and I even had my husband call me out on this, um, with our three-year-old, I was like, okay, AJ, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. He's three. That was too much language, right? Like that I was just giving him. And it's just funny because my husband pointed it out. And um, but that was on my mind. I'm like, okay, we got to get all this done before we can go to the park or wherever we're going. And with a video, I can do my throw up of you're going to do this, 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 and this, and my kids can pause me. Right. And so I think that is just another benefit of using video directions or videos to explain different processes. Because if you're teaching fractions, it's like, okay, here's step one, pause the video, do an example like that. Are you able to do that step? As adults, I, whenever I'm working with, with educators, like, okay, mm-hmm. how many of you use, how many of you have used YouTube in the last month to fix something in your house? Almost all the hands go up, right? Yeah. Tara's put her hand up. Yeah. YouTube okay. university. Right. I had to fix my, I use this excuse all the, or I use this story excuse. I use this story all the time. I needed to, it was post-Christmas. I I had the Charlie Brown tree, needles all over my rug. The, the vacuum cleaner just pooped out. And again, old school thinking, do I have to take it to a professional? Do I have to buy a new one? And I'm like, no, I have power. I'm going to go on YouTube. And I'm going to look, 
But yeah, I had to watch that YouTube video and pause and rewind and go back and maybe write down a few notes to myself. But ultimately, I fixed my own vacuum cleaner and I was super proud of myself because I did it myself and I owned it. And so I don't think I don't think we should have that. Exp- I, th- I think it's a good match as adults. We'll watch a YouTube video, pause, rewind, go back. And so why wouldn't we expect our students to be able to do the same? So, yeah. So thank you. And how did you feel? Excited, right? Like, you're like, I did it, right? Oh, bro, I was like jumping around the house. I was all by myself, but I was doing a little, I fixed my vacuum cleaner dance. Look at me. Because, yeah, think about when your kids are like, oh, I get it. When your students are like that aha moment. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, I fixed, you? I, I fixed my mom's toilet for her. She nice. has something going on with the toilet and we broke that. Like we got on YouTube and figured it out. And my mom is single and I was. And so when we did it and we went through the YouTube video and got it all done, she was like dancing around the house. Like, I don't need no man. I don't need no man. <laughs> and my mom is 69 and she was just like, so proud. Like, yeah. Yes. So that's that. It, like, it's awesome when, you know, we're building these executive functioning skills. Um, we're, they're creating that independence goal. Like there's so much value in it. And then it's positively reinforced when you accomplish the task on your own and you didn't have to ask for help to get it. I know. And the nicest thing about educators is we want to do the work. We want to help. We want to give. We want to share. And I that's such a good thing. But what we also need to remind ourselves is to back up a little and allow, and I love this term, the productive struggle. Because once you get through that productive struggle, once you know you and your mom fix the toilet, you're doing your little happy dance, the, that was genuine. That was, I owned this. I conquered this. I did it. And nobody did it for me. Yeah. And our kids need to feel that and celebrate that, I think, as well. Right. And I think, I mean, Tara's really good about celebrating. I'm always like, what's next, you know, or what are you <laughs> next? Um, but we do need to celebrate those wins when yeah. kids do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of, of celebrating and taking it even a little further. So beyond using Edpuzzle to say, you know, again, record yourself and clone yourself. Um, we've also been really promoting the idea, especially for executive functioning of using Edpuzzle student projects. So whoever we've talked about, whoever is doing the talking is doing the learning. Um, Again, another time saver for teachers. If you're the one putting, and I was that person, I was the one putting all the time and effort, making sure I had all the information for my students that they would need. Um, But what I realized was I was taking away that that very valuable skill of self-discovery. And so using the Edpuzzle student projects feature is a great way for students to show what they know. So you students can use it as a passion project. Students can use it to um, prepare as review, um, to prepare for, you know, uh, everyone, it's like group sourcing uh, or crowdsourcing for an upcoming test. Students can use it, you know, is it, or teachers would be able to use it for a jigsaw activity. Um, like for example, one time um, I, I worked with it when I was coaching, I, a teacher wanted her fifth graders, instead of her teaching about the Aztecs, she assigned each group a chapter in the textbook. 
and they had to, you know, put together with a, with Google slides, they put together their own little chapter or book, you know, with links and images and things like that. They rewrote their own textbook, but why not use a student project for that way? So instead of me teaching about the introduction to Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet and Ver Fair Verona and all of that, why not assign to students or to groups um, each aspect of a unit or an introduction and have students jigsaw that and create and let their students, you know, like give them the process of creation, give them the process of discovery. Yeah. So that, that's my little thing on that. Yeah, I'm sold. Right. You're sold. Yeah. The student projects are easy peasy. It's I'm just sold. It's, sign it's, me it's, up. Yeah. Instead of you creating, let students create questions, right? Yeah. And I think student projects, sometimes we forget about them or we don't use them, but it can be a great way for students to really demonstrate and show their knowledge um, when it does come to, hey, I want them to show how to do this math problem. Why not do a video? Why not have them do that instead of another way? Um, so yeah, that is such a great tip when it comes yeah. to uh, students showing what they know. Yeah, my, my oldest son was... Um, he was a gifted child and a gifted child isn't easy. A gifted child usually has, you know, he was the kid, his fourth grade teacher came to me and said, okay, so he's finishing up his work and now he's walking around just telling other kids what they're doing wrong. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, sweet God. Oh, sweet dear God. And at the time I was coaching and I'm like, you know what, let's give him something to do when he's done. And so, um, she actually, we worked together. She was so open. God bless her soul. Cause she listened not only to a parent, but a parent who was a teacher, like, right. Like not teacher's worst nightmare. Um, and so we had him creating, we used a different platform at the time, but he was creating his own, he was creating videos. So if they had covered how to, how to decide the area of a triangle that day, he, she allowed him, she gave him the job of making a quick video I forget, God, I can't remember the platform, but it was like a whiteboard video platform and he would show how to find the area of a triangle, right? And then she put it on her website and then kids who were absent or kids who needed something a little extra were able to use that. So it kind of was a win-win. It kept, it kept him out of her hair and gave him something productive to do, but then it also in an altruistic way benefited the rest of the class. So there's another way to use it. Oh, I love that so much. And as we continue to talk about um, some of these executive functioning skills and putting projects into place, because we know that projects, there are so many executive functioning skills within projects. Um, but moving past the project piece and talking about some, if we really look at some of our non-academic skills, right? That's yes. kind of what we're talking about, our soft skills. Um, emotional control and SEL is like huge in schools right now. Um, we have so much trauma in schools. I mean, uh, not nothing we can do about, right? Because the trauma of having to just be away from the friends and all the things that they've experienced that we've never experienced. Teachers are searching for so many SEL. Um, they don't know how to teach it, right? Yeah. Because they've never really had to teach it before. So we're looking like they're versed in their content. I'm teaching history. I know it because I had a class in it. 
but they didn't really have classes in their education that related to SEL. So they're, you know, even though it's been around, it hasn't been around, if that makes any sense. So tell us about your resources that you guys have there um, at EdPuzzle with SEL. Okay. So first and foremost, I have to completely give you major props, Tara, because I didn't understand the, tra- I mean, I knew we had kids who were trapped, but, but the idea of trauma, I did not clearly understand until I met you. So anybody who's listening, you need to go to the website and, and look up, ta- follow Tara on Twitter because the ideas and the things that she shares are eye-opening and it does To me, I felt like instead of saying, oh, these are troubled kids, you start to develop a little more empathy for what these kids have gone through. So Tara, bravo for your work. Okay. Foam finger fan, number one. (laughs) I love you. Okay. Now, secondly, right. I was a high school English teacher. No one taught, I did not have SEL training. You know, if we had problems with kids, we just, oh, you know what? The guidance department will take care of that. The counselors, that's their job. And then they'd come in and do a whole class training or a whole school thing. But it wasn't diagnosing it in the moment. And so my colleagues at, um, again, so if you want to be able to deal with it in the moment or deal with it for some, you know, you're, you don't want to call out a kid in public, you know, maybe you could assign a video. But again, where do you find them? So we had mentioned this on the show. My colleagues did this beautiful job of creating a spreadsheet of castle-aligned um, videos, at puzzle videos that we already sort of have in the system that already have questions. About. So again, if you've got a kid and you're noticing that something, you know, could use a little bit of, you know, a castle, uh, a castle skill. Um, then yeah, we've got that air, we've got that spreadsheet for you, making it very easy. So if you've got a kid who's worried about like just having a friendship issue, and I know a lot of girls start to have those friendship issues at a certain age, you know, you go into our spreadsheet for elementary and unit three friendship, lesson number one's friends equal happiness and how to maintain it. And there's a quick video and you can click it and you can edit it as you want, or you can copy it as needed. Um, you know what? And even if you don't want to assign these videos individually, you can use the Ed Puzzle live version and show it to your whole class at once and have them answer on their devices. So sort of like Kahoot style. You know, yeah. you show a lot of people don't realize you can use Edpuzzle. It doesn't just have to be one student, one device. You can show it and project it in front of the room using the live mode and students can still answer on their own Your device. morning meeting or whenever Perfect. it is. And I yes. think, you you know, we're just thinking about a lot of times we don't have like a big chunk of time, right? So these videos are fantastic because they're like three to five minute range. So it's yes. like, this, you know, most of the time we have 10 to 15 minutes that we're, you know, teaching these skills. And, you know, just to go backwards, I love this quote, social emotional skills are common sense skills, but wait, but even common sense isn't common, therefore it needs to be taught. So when you really think about it like that, Shut right? Up. Say that again. Please say it again. Shut up and say it again. Social watch your beautiful face. Social emotion skills are common sense skills, but even common sense isn't common, therefore it needs to be taught. Oh, yeah, right? It's all it's just like the same thing when people say well, this is a tech savvy generation. Kiddos should know how to use technology. No, it's still some who, who you know, you just, you, no one, 
just, it's not innate. You're right. Yes. These are things that need to be taught. That That's the whole process. So your videos are outstanding for that because it gets the conversation going, right? Like when teachers don't have the, where's the starting point, this just gives us that like brief snippet or picture of where to start for some of these skills. And just like our academic content, right? We're trying to teach the standards and these align to all of those standards. So this is a magnificent resource like i i i'm sharing this with teachers i'm putting it in newsletters it's like all over the stuff that i do because we have so many teachers that are like where do i start i've never taught sel before what do i do oh i have this curriculum but yeah this is a curriculum but i need some of these other activities to align yeah. with with the things that i'm teaching oh and that's that's a huge compliment coming from you guys because your resources mod on your resources are like amazingly crazy and you're, you're prolific and you're, and so generous with them. So yeah, that's a, that's a huge compliment coming from y'all. I appreciate it. Thank but you. I'm gonna... I wish I could take credit for that um, spreadsheet, but I didn't. My, my colleagues over at EdPuzzle have done it. I just get to evangelize it. I love it. And I, I think too, so when you're going over those different skills, there's a group of girls, you know, that are not getting along. They just need to watch the video or it, maybe it is a whole class. Like you can kind of decide, okay, this student needs this, this student needs this. And Edpuzzle made that so easy for you to go in. You yeah. can probably do a command F and search what you're looking for. Oh, exactly. there. Uh, and then you can either decide if I need to just assign it to these three kids, that one student, or is it a right. whole class that I need to assign it to? Yeah. Um, and there is, there are elementary and secondary um, videos. They're just, you have to search the, you know, just click on the tab at the bottom and you find what you need for, you know, you find the solution to your classroom problem and we help control the chaos. Yeah. There we go. Great. Um, so we just want to thank you, Stephanie, for everything that you've done for us. Um, we love following you on Twitter. We love connecting with you. We love the Ed Puzzle live events. And so thank you so much for being part of our lives and helping us control the chaos as well. Um, but a call to action is if you have not seen the Ed Puzzle live event that we have done or any of the new ones, they have um, Catlin Tucker coming on. They have a couple other amazing educators on their channel. Yeah, Kathy Tucker is this Thursday. Yep. Yeah. So go ahead and check out um, those events that you do need to register. So make sure um, you find that link. I believe it will be posted on the Edpuzzle Twitter is how I kind of saw it first, I think. But if you have the email address and have an account with Edpuzzle, you'll also get an email alert too. Mm-hmm. So be sure to look out for that resource. Um, so until next time, make sure you control the chaos. And again, thank you so much for being on, Stephanie. Thanks for everything. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos until next time.